Father, today as your people, we declare no compromise. We declare to be a family that want all of you. All of you, Father. And we commit to laying our lives down to seek you more. And as we love you with all of our heart, we will commit to loving our brothers and sisters with all of our heart. Come and fill us with your power so we can accomplish this great work. We ask this by faith today and in the power of the name of our Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we agree today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for hearing our hearts cry, Father. And thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer, Lord, to commit to being your children. And I know, God, you're going to do incredible things this year in us and through us and will continue to in the years to come as we give you our all. Thank you, Jesus. Let's grab a, grab a seat. If we haven't met, my name is uh, Greg. I've uh, been away for a couple of weeks, just up in Auckland, having an awesome time with my natural family. And uh, it's great. I love getting together with my mum and my brothers. And we have such a crack. We have such a laugh. We, we take the mickey out of one another uh, profoundly uh, in love. And we laugh and we laugh. And we laugh, and my mum discovers things that she never knew her boys did. (laughs) And she's old enough now not to care. (laughs) She just says, Greg, I never knew that. (laughs) I said, mum, you don't know half of it. But um, it's great to be back. So happy 2016. And uh, while I was away, uh, I got a word. I was at my mum's community, and a gentleman that I know of um, came up to me and uh, he, uh, he started speaking. He was, you know, when someone has the word of the Lord and they're, and, and they're quite uh, agitated in a good way. It's like, they're like, you know, and he's sort of, I need to speak to you. God spoke to me and, and um, he basically said this. So this man knows nothing about our journey, nothing about the last five years. He said, he said God has seen the toil. God has seen the plowing. He has seen the effort and the dedication and the devotion to him and the work that's been happening here. And he said to me, the Lord would have you know that the fruit's coming. Greater fruit is coming this year through the toil and the perseverance by myself, elders, staff, you guys, and a greater fruit is coming. And I believe that fruit is internal transformation as well as it is people getting saved, people being reconciled to the Father, and as we just be, it'll happen. Um, if you don't know why we're doing the, the Newlands uh, Community Outreach, it's for that very reason, to be his witnesses, to be present physically in the community and for people to see us because the Bible says we are letters that other people will read and we want to be a good letter. We want to be a letter that people read and see Christ, amen, see him see his love and operation, see his grace, see his joy, 
see as peeps and go, you guys are different. I don't, I don't hang around with people like you. Who are you? What do you have? And why are you the way you are? Because we know someone who, as Mel said last week, is the source of life. And that life lives in me. And the more his life is in us, the more life comes out of us. We become more of the light of the world. We are the light, but we become the light. We become brighter and brighter and brighter, especially in a world that's getting darker and darker and darker. And so I hope that it encouraged me. This man knew nothing about our journey. He knows nothing about what's been going on here, and he spoke directly into my heart. And I was just so encouraged. And so I hope that encourages you as we just be a people of no compromise. And those are words you're going to hear more and more and family. No compromise and family. They are two separate things, but they're interrelated. Because the more we are a people of no compromise to him and become his children, then we will become a greater family. The family that the Bible speaks of. Where we are of one mind, of one spirit, one love and one purpose. And the unity of the spirit is so profound and powerful, it's so attractive. It's so attractive, but we cannot enter into it through our flesh. Our flesh has no part in that process. It is all of the Spirit. And as we are walk in the Spirit and led by the Spirit and transformed by the Spirit of God, we will see the fruit of that outcome. We don't chase the outcome. We pursue Him. And as we pursue Him and allow Him, who is our teacher, to teach us, change us, do you know what you get? You get the outcome. So let's not chase outcomes Let's pursue him and the outcome will take care of itself. And that's why it's so restful when you pursue him. It's uneasy and it's not restful when you're chasing outcomes because while you chase outcomes, you never get the outcome you're chasing. Have you found that? If you go chasing outcomes, you're forever chasing outcomes. So it becomes unrestful and it becomes frustrating and you look at other people and go, why aren't I in that life? Well, because maybe that other person has decided I'm going to live a no compromise, I'm going to pursue him and as I pursue him and lay my life down, I find life. And all of a sudden now I'm operating in things and you're seeing things and now the outcome is my reality. I have a love in my heart that is him, not me, him. I've come into a peace that is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I'm living from this peace now. This peace defines me. You always seem to be at rest. What is that? How come when stuff goes wrong, you seem to stand tall and be at peace and rest? Nothing to do with human stuff, everything to do with the person who one would know because it's him, amen? And this month, we're talking about the greatness of God, probably into February, maybe into March. We just want to remind us all of who he is, his bigness, his beauty, his splendor, his wonder, that the heavens declare his goodness, the galaxies scream God, creation screams God, design screams God, animals scream God, insects scream God, everything screams God. And then you have us, who is really, I believe, the ultimate creation with a soul and a spirit to know him and to be in relationship with him. He knows the dogs, but he doesn't ask the dogs to be in relationship. 
He knows the elephants. He knows his creation, but he doesn't ask them to be in relationship. He says, Greg, who I knew before you ever were, son, and I know every hair on your head, even though they're becoming less and less. (laughs) I know every fibre. I knew when you'd be born. I know when you will die. I know what you will do, who you will be with. I want relationship with you. And he wants relationship with you. And if you don't know him this morning or you're coming back to him or you're seeking him, can I just encourage you to seek him with all your heart and you will find. God is not lost. We are lost. We say we find God. He was never lost. We are lost. He's just been waiting. And if we will seek him with all our hearts, we will find him to a greater measure. It doesn't matter if it's the first knowledge of God be up, think that you've been walking with him for 50 years, seek him with all your heart and you will find more of him and you will have more of his life. So this morning I want to talk about the God of our impossible. The God of our impossible. Everything is fully possible to him, isn't it? Don't you love that image? That is normality for him. To walk on water is normality. That's not supernatural, that's natural. It's supernatural to us because we live in the physical. But he left his domain and came and lived in the physical but demonstrated the supernatural all the time, didn't he? So walking on water is natural. That's why when he called Peter out, Peter was able to walk on water because Peter entered into his normality and found himself walking on water. Do you know that is the normality that we are called to walk and live in? So we go, God is the God of the impossible. Yes, he is. But he's the God of our impossible and our own strength. But it's normality to him. And of our minds, we will allow him to change our mindsets. We too can think and live by this way. It will become a normal way of life. Because why? Because God is the God of our impossible. And he calls us into this Reality. Sandra talked about the God of being trustworthy and the God of peace on the 1st of, I think it was the 3rd of Jan. Then Mel came and she spoke about how Christ is our life source literally. The scriptures declare that, but that is to be our literal God is my strength. He is my sustenance. He is my identity. He is everything that completes me. He is my all. And I want to encourage us and just talk about how amazing he is. He is the God of all the impossibilities that we see, but they're fully possible for him. In a blink of an eye, creation happened. Six days it took. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Six days it took for creation to be birthed. And he's continuing to create. Every day is a new day for a greater creation in you. Greater change, greater transformation. So what is impossible to us is fully possible to him. He knows no bounds. There are no limitations. There are no restrictions. He is not capped. He doesn't live in a box. He would say that through scripture. He said, you know, just because you build me a house and part of me sort of lived in it for a time. Don't think I'm fullness of me is in it. I'm outside of it. 
He doesn't live in a building like this, although he will come and he's always here, but then his presence can come, his Shekinah glory, his manifested glory can come and turn up and flatten us all. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? My heart's desire, one of my heart's desires is to just be absolutely smashed. It's happened a few times in the presence of God, but you can't even stand up because the weight of his glory descends and just sits down. God sits on a seat and we're all flattened out. <laughs> People have seen angels here. Anyone seen an angel? Anyone seen, physically seen an angel here? They're present. I love how, you know, when Peter uh, is in prison and the church says they're earnestly praying praying for his release and uh, he turns up and they don't believe that he's there but they believe it's his angel. That's pretty impressive faith right there, isn't it? You don't believe he's there but you'll believe his angel will come knocking at your door. And I think we can capture some of this this year more and more that the God that we love and adore and follow is the God of the possible. What would perceive to be our impossible but his possible. And uh, that's my first, we've got two points. One of them is that the God we love is just behind me. The God we worship and adore is the God of our impossible. Let me just read you some passages of scripture, Mark 14, 36. They'll be up behind me. And he was saying, Abba Father, this is when Jesus is in the garden, all things are possible for you. See, Jesus knew that all things were possible for him. When he is facing his ultimate trial, he's about to die, he's about to be murdered, he's about to be smashed and ripped apart. He says, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So Jesus knows that his Father can do anything in an alignment to the Father's will. And we're going to talk on that a little bit later. So it's a very important point that we need to know that he can do all things in an alignment to his will when he says. So we can't just suppose We can't just assume. We are to know because we're intimate with him because we hear and then we speak and declare his will. So Jesus says, all things are fully possible for you, Father. If it is your will, take this from me. If not, I'm going to go through it because you've strengthened me. You're in me. I in you, you in me. And I'm more than an overcomer and more than capable in you because you are in me to go through and overcome. Do you know Jesus overcame as a man, yes? What does that mean for you and I? It means that we can in him. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And God is just calling us. He says, I'm the God of the impossible. I'm the God of your impossible. The things that you think cannot be changed, they can If you're going through something today, if you're faced with an impossible situation, Jane talked about work before, maybe you hate your job, maybe it's time that God's going to lead you out but it's going to require faith. Do what you do while you're there, do it well, but maybe God is pulling you, stirring you to something greater. 
seek him, hear him, and then obey him. Because what he speaks happens. What he declares happens. I remember six months, committed my life, six months, I find myself at a men's camp at our rancho, and uh, I know nothing, but I know a little bit, and uh, I'm there, there's about 250 guys, this guy from Australia, ex-gang member guy, radically saved, uh, and the afternoon session just says, you, and I look at Lisa Lamb, and he goes, you, I have a word, you are going to speak the word of the Lord, you are going to be in full-time, I hate full-time ministry, because we're all in full-time ministry, you're going to be called out and chosen by, oh, I'm looking at, you know, you're always going, who's he talking to? <laughs> You're looking behind you. Go, man, that's a pretty good word for someone. And he goes, no, no, you come, come back, you. And I go, me. He says, you. And he downloads for about two minutes. And I'm like, I don't even read the Bible. <laughs> man, I'm only in this thing six months. But the word of God, the living word of God, not his words, the living word was spoken. Prophecy was spoken. Every word of God is prophecy. Every word is living. It declares a reality. Well, here I am today, speaking in the assignment that that man saw through the lens of the Father and spoke and it was realised. Do you know how long it was though from when the word spoke to when the reality came? five and a half years. And there was process in that where God would speak and say, I want you to do this, son. I want you to get involved here. We're going to take you to Palmy, but you're going to come back and you're going to lead here even though you're living in Palmy. You're going to do Alpha courses. You're going to lead Alpha courses. You're going to do 13 of those things. You're going to do all these things in the middle because I'm building character in you and I'm going to show you myself as you go for the day. I'm going to call that word in. And I remember the day Anthony called on the phone and said, Greg, I've heard from the Lord, you're to be on staff here. And I said, that's awesome. Never spoke to Anthony about it. But the God of the impossible, when he speaks, what he speaks happens when it is his will. And you can trust in that. It'll happen in his time. And that's crucial. And so often we think, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? It happens in his time, when his word and his timing come together. Why? Because he's the God of our impossible. So I want to encourage you, you're facing a situation that you think is impossible, seek him, ask him, get his word, and then just be obedient, whatever that is. Some people do die. Some people have cancer. We were at a funeral just uh, during the week. 46-year-old man died, gone. Not a believer, but plenty of believers go through that too, gone. So we have to trust that's what's about his will being done, amen? And whatever that looks like, because we know the God of the impossible has already done it all. So we know that when we die, we don't die. Death is a celebration of greater life. It's the start of a greater life. It's not the end of anything. Why? Because the God of the impossible, our impossible, came, died, rose again, and sits currently with his father. Jesus knew this. Look at Mark fourteen, sorry, Mark ten twenty seven. Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible. He's talking about how can the rich enter the kingdom of God? 
with people it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Mark 9:23. There's a man talking to Jesus about a son that was caught up. His son had a spirit living in him. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, if you can, what do you mean, if I can? All things are possible to him who believes. So once again, Jesus just realigns the man. He understands, he understands our struggles. He understands our lack of faith. He understands our faith. What do you mean, if? Of course I can. I'm the God of the impossible. I'm the God who alters and changes. I'm the God that speaks where life isn't into being. I'm the God that calls a man named Lazarus who's been dead for four days out of to demonstrate my power but also reveal who I am. He's the God that speaks things, creates things at his, and he sneezes life comes. There is nothing, guys, nothing outside of his capability. Nothing. He's done it all. Isn't that awesome to know that's the God we worship? Isn't it incredible to know you're, you're in my team and, and you're in me and you, you want all that life here in me and that, that we can come to the fullness of that? What, a, what an honour. I, I love that song. What are you saying about the honour of him? Glory unto him, him in us. Key words. Everyone say this, all things are possible. Say that again so you can hear it. All things are possible. All things. Such a small word, but such a powerful word. No compromise equals all. All equals no compromise. All things are possible in him. He can touch any need, any dire situation, anything he can touch. Paul said, man, you led us to the point of death so we could have faith and trust in you to know that it doesn't matter what happens, you have all things. You and I just sit in the palm of his hand. The universe obviously sits in the palm of his hand. That's a pretty big hand. Sits. In the palm of his hand. I don't have to worry about anything. I just have to focus and meditate on the fact I sit in the palm of his hand. I need to meditate on who he is and his greatness and his goodness and that will distract me from me. That'll take my focus off me when I turn and start thinking about him and looking at him and writing about him and drawing about, my goodness, Lord, you healed a man that had been lame since birth. How does that happen? You open blind eyes. Never seen that one before. You heal people. You change people. You save people. You've redeemed all of mankind. You are the God of the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> this God calls us friend. Hey, friend. 
Come to know me, friend, son. He's amazing. There is nothing he cannot do or accomplish in an alignment to his will. Nothing. And I hope that builds security in you. I hope me saying that would sink deep into your heart and your mind. And the reality of what I just said would become like an anchor to your soul. And that we would, as a people, live more and more from that place. That he is our hope and that hope is an anchor for our soul. He's the God of the real, the tangible. We had the, uh, the, the privilege of, of going to Rainbow's Inn. Uh, as a family, we bought a, a, a present for the family. And uh, really, that we, it's what we did this year. And we said, we're going to go to Rainbow's Inn as a family. We're going to have some fun. Anyone been to Rainbow's Inn lately? A few people. He's been on the stratosphere. Anybody go on that thing? You guys are awesome. <laughs> when did you go on it? No. <laughs> That's awesome. That's faith right there. I uh, I didn't go on it this year. I went on I went on the claw in Dreamland. It's the same thing. And I went, man, I remember that. I've done that once. At least I can say I've done it once. I'm not going on that thing. Man, the screams. If you don't know what it is, it's it's this machine, and and it's got a main sort of like pole thing here and a circular thing and the seats are on the outside okay and what it does it, it starts doing this and as it does this you start going round like this so you're constantly going round and it does this so everyone's like imagine all everyone's this everyone's sitting here it's going shoom, shoom, shoom. and while it's doing this it's constantly spinning so you're like and this thing and it gets right up here and it goes and it goes, boom. And it does about eight times, eh? Seven or eight times. And we go, ah! when, when we did it, we did it together. And um, Danny was pregnant. Uh, and, and, but we didn't, we, we didn't know. We didn't know. That's why our, ch- oh, Madeline's a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> but, um, and Lily's even crazier, so. But um, yeah, we, we didn't know, we didn't know, and we get on this thing. Oh man, it was horrible. You know, it's horribly horribly fun. Yeah. It's like oh, I like to scream now. Oh, anyway, and, and I can hear Danny go, "Give me your blessing." So it's too late, man. We're upside down. You look like this, and we get off. And I remember it finished, and I just laugh when I'm scared. I just like, <laughs> and I looked over at this kid. He was about sixteen. He's like. Mate, was that the most awesome thing? Yeah, I said, all right. <laughs> I think you need some life, man. He's like, you walk the whole time. You know, I was like, let's talk about this thing. So we, we're at Rainbow's End, and, and me and Maddie go up the, the, the it's, well, they call it the long drop or whatever, it's the high tower, but comp- yeah, compared to Brisbane, it's, it's nothing. Like, Brisbane's 39 stories. This is about, you know, I don't know, 10. Still lose your guts, though. It's <laughs> still. Like, Go on, Matt. We went on the bumper boats with my mum and we had an awesome time splashing in the water and ramming everybody. And, but uh, there was this an illusionist there. And, uh, you know, he's got his two little girls that come out and they <laughs> sort of thing. And we're like, oh, God. 
And they all look the same. I don't know why they all look the same, these guys, but they do. You know, they've got jet black hair. They all wear black. They look like a bad spray tan or whatever. And, and uh, Not that I can talk. But um, anyway, he's doing his thing. And you know, they're all like those big cheesy grins. And, and he wasn't bad. You know, he, he cut the girl in half and he did all his things. And everyone's like, where's he doing that? But it was an illusion. It was a good illusion. But our God's not the God of illusion. He's the God of the real. He's the God of the impossible. That was a good trick. And it fooled your eye. And he obviously knows how he does what he does. I don't know how God does what he does, but I know he does it and it's for real and it lasts. He's the God of our impossible. And um, a few years ago, and some of you have heard this story, I got a phone call on a Monday and um, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I was still in my pyjamas with Lily. Uh, Lily uh, was at daycare then, but I had Monday off, and so she would be with me. And it's the phone call that no parent wants to hear. It's one of those phone calls that it's the school. And you're like, yep, yeah. and uh, Madeline has hurt her hand quite badly, and you need to come now. And so I'm like, oh no, okay. So quickly just throwing some, some pants. They tried ringing Danny, but Danny was at work, couldn't get hold of her. So quickly grab Lily and we shoot into the car. I arrive at the, at the school and there's an ambulance. I'm like, oh no. And I get out the car and the first thing I'm greeted with as I walk around the car is the paramedic with a little box, about that big, with about an inch of a finger in it. And I'm like, and I see a nail and that much of a finger. And I'm like, that's my daughter's finger. Good way to find out about it, eh? And I looked at him and I said, are you telling me that? And just as I'm talking to her, Madeline comes around the corner with her arm up here, blood coming out here, bandaged up. But she is in absolute peace. I'm telling you, the grace of God was so present in the situation, the, through the whole thing, it was phenomenal. And I'm looking at her, she says, oh, Dad, she says, you know what me? She says, oh, How's my chin? <laughs> Is it marked and scratched? And I said, you're fine, honey. And we got in the, in, the, in the ambulance and we had to rush over to Lower Heart, thank God, but we have one of the greatest plastic surgeons or plastic you know, places in the country here. So we're on the ambulance over and I'm just praying over her and her finger. And I'm praying for life because it had been about 15 minutes from the accident to when they found the finger. And obviously you've got to find it, get it in the eye straight away for it to maintain life. So I'm praying, God, you're the God of the impossible. You can heal a situation. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's horrible eh, as a dad when you're looking at your daughter's eyes and you feel absolutely helpless and you're going, I'll give you my whole hand right now if we could change this or swap places. We get in there, we get to the hospital, we've got to wait around. And all the news was good. You know, it was like, it's fine, the finger's fine, we'll be able to put the finger back on. So we're like, awesome, okay, we're still praying though, still believing. We're there for, I don't know, hours, and this young surgeon came in, and bless him, his bedside manner was shocking. <laughs> um, but he comes in, Madeline's there, Danny's there, on there, and he says, just he says we're not going to be able to save the finger, so she's going to lose it. And I looked at him <laughs> and I saw her eyes and I saw hope diminish like that. She's going to have a finger, a stump. 
she's seven. Oh man! I'm, and I looked at her and I'm like, oh, right, take you somewhere. We go somewhere right now. I'm going to teach you on etiquette. I hope you're really good at what you do. So they walked out, and I followed them. And I said, look, I said, um, I said, we believe the impossible can happen. And I'm going to ask you to reconsider that and I'm going to ask you to put the finger on because they come and they said the finger had basically died. If we put it back on and it doesn't take, she may get gangrene in the other part of her finger and she might lose all of her finger. So we don't want to take that risk. And I would say, well, I believe in someone who's the God of the impossible and I'm going to ask you and trust in my faith for what we believe Will you partner with me and my Lord and do the operation and put a finger on? He said, let me consider. He went away, we went away, we're back in the room praying. He came in with his colleague and said, we're going we're gonna to believe with you and we're going to do the operation. So we're like, thank you, Lord. We don't know, do you? We don't know. So we go in. Marilyn goes into surgery. You know, you're in there. Once again, it's... it's put in the gas, I'm just holding it and I watch it. I've been through that three times because of knee operations so I know what it's like. Off she goes. We go and uh, order uh, an Indian there's opposite the hospital. There was, not there now. It was a great pub, by the way. Go have a look. The steak sandwich is divine. <laughs> Little plug for them. I don't know its name. Danny Langstreet knows but go have a steak sandwich. Unbelievable. So we went and had an Indian there and I'm not kidding you, before we even got our food, they said it's over. We've done it, put it back on. It went so well, so smoothly, we can't believe it. And we walked in to the, um, to the room where you know, they started coming out of, and the first thing out of Madeline's mind is, Dad, can I have an ice block? <laughs> See, I'm so thirsty. But the grace of him, because he's the God of the impossible, he's the God of what looked like was going to be an impossible situation. And this is why it's so important we... If you hear him by faith speak and let him go to work and you go, when you see her, go have a look at her hand. You wouldn't even know. It's, it's this, it's her right hand. Um, but literally what happened is the skin started growing from the inside, comes up and the old bit just plopped off and literally if you look at her hand, you'd never know. She's got her nail back, um, everything. And so go have a look, but just a testimony to how what looks like is impossible becomes possible in him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me just share this second point. The laws of the natural order surrender and submit to the laws of God's natural order when the Father declares it so. The laws of the natural order, the physical, surrender and submit to the laws of God's natural order, the way he operates when the Father declares it's so. It doesn't matter how dire or desperate the situation or circumstance we face is, God has the capability to bring life into anything if it is his will. And we have to find peace in that situation as well because ultimately... Um, as we know, God has already sorted everything out. So this lifetime here is a blip. So we, 
we, we have to be careful that, you know, it's very easy to believe he's going to come through in a situation and it doesn't happen and then your faith gets destroyed or your relationship gets destroyed because you don't see what you thought was going to happen. And good intentions aren't his will. Good intentions are our hope and hoping. And we have to walk that tension out, don't we, as his people, is that we can't allow the disappointments and the things that happen in life to rob us or distract us and get us off track of our relationship with him because ultimately he has it sorted in the home that we're all going because eternity is our home, not here. The Bible says that you and I are a vapour, just a vapour because we know death is not the end because no one dies in Christ. Hence we don't have to fear death because life continues. I know when I saw my dad in his coffin, I'm like, Alan Simnor is not this carcass, this vessel. This was the vessel that contained Alan Simnor, but Alan Simnor has gone into the presence of the Lord and he's happier than I am right now. (laughs) And so once again, I want to encourage you with that, but it is important that we hear him. We don't assume, we don't presume, we hear him. And I want to read you just uh, Romans 4, real fast. Um, Romans 4, 16. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants. So this is the promise through Abraham. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. And as is written, a father of many nations have I made you. So God is speaking to Abraham that he's going to be a father of many nations in the presence of him, whom he believed, even God, listen to this, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. God gives life to what may be perceived to be dead or is dead, Lazarus did die, and then calls into life. Why? Because he's the God of our impossible. It goes on. In hope against hope, he, Abraham, believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. Okay, so here is God is speaking. God is declaring his will. It's going to happen. So shall your descendants be. Okay, that's the prophetic word. Without being weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, very important word, so he's considering, he's looking, he's going, I'm a hundred, man. Doesn't quite work the way it used to. And I'm looking at my wife, and she doesn't quite look the way she used to. <laughs> this doesn't look like I, I was going to leave it there. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, 
he was able also to perform. Why? Because he's the God of the impossible. He's the God of our impossible. When he speaks, it happens. Do you know we can rest in that reality? We don't have to strive. We don't have to chase. I didn't go about trying to figure out how I was going to end up here on staff when that word was spoken. I didn't come up with a 10 strategy plan. What I did is I heard and I obeyed. See, Greg, I want you to start joining the music team. Well, that doesn't look like I'm going to be speaking the word. Join the music team. Greg, I want you to go and do Alpha. Thanks, Jeanette Ward. Oh, you need to go do Alpha, but that doesn't look like I'm going to preach the... I want to, I want to stand up in front of people and go do Alpha. Okay? Greg, I want you to go to Palmerston North now for a new job for two years. What? I'm leaving the community now. That doesn't look like I'm going to be part of this. Go to Palmerston North for two years. Why? I want to show you myself. I want to do things in you and through you. I want to show you how incredible I am. I'm going to show you how I'm in the world. I'm going to show you how I take business and take it from nothing to something. You're going to learn so many things and I'm going to bless your cotton socks through the whole process that you'll know I'm the God of the impossible. You know, just once again, the glory to God, I took over a branch that was second to bottom and two years it was second to top out of 23 branches in NZ safety. Why? Because I'm good? No, because I heard and obeyed. Was I working hard? Yes. Was I praying? Yes. Was I trusting? Yes. And I'd have suppliers come and people, and I'm selling all this product and I'm breaking into university and all this. I go, man, what is your strategy? I said, let me tell you who he is. The conversation ended. <laughs> I said, but look, look at the testimony. Don't look to me. I had job offers. Well, we can do this, we can do this. And when I went to my boss and said, I'm leaving to fulfill the word that was spoken five and a half years ago, he says, Greg, I think you're an idiot, but I respect your decision. One of the greatest bosses I ever had. I don't understand your decision. You have so much, and so much is going to happen for you in this company. I said, well, Tim, I've got to go. Thanks for the opportunity because I've got to follow the God of the impossible and I know he's going to change things. And I went from a salary, which is up here, to a salary down here. But you know what happened? We started getting things like bags of groceries turning up on our doorstep. I had a, someone come to me and say, I want to pay your petrol for two years. You don't see that when you're making your decisions though, do you? All you're hearing is go to Palmerston North and live and come back. And, but he's the God of the impossible. And as I'm looking at the story here, he takes, and Abraham knows, he's looking at the physical, and he looks at Sarah in the physical, and he says, man, how is that ever going to be? Yet, the God that I know has spoken, and it's going to happen. So we're not going to waver in unbelief we're going to attach belief to your word and what you said. And they received the promise in Isaac, didn't they? Phenomenal. So here are just five things. Um, God demonstrates himself in this way for a number of reasons. Number one, to bring glory to his name. Number one, to bring glory to his name. Number two, to reveal himself to all mankind. 
Number three, to demonstrate his heart towards us, his people. Number four, to show us we can trust him with our lives. And number five, to empower us to lay our lives down and start living for him and his purposes. There's heaps more, but just five reasons why God does what he does.